You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Which holiday are you most thankful for? And could the Pumpkin King do it better? Hey guys, this is the first episode in our Christmas drive-in series for 2023. We did one last year. We're doing it again this year. This year's theme is animated movies. So we're doing all animated movies. We got four different drive-ins coming at you. Today is the Nightmare Before Christmas. Next, you'll have the Grinch, the animated one. Then you will have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And we will finish this off with Will and Kino discussing Charlie Brown's Christmas. It's going to be great. Today we're talking about the cult classic, though, the the ever popular Nightmare Before Christmas that almost never happened because Disney almost bailed on it 30 years ago. That's right. It just had its 30 year anniversary. So what a I couldn't think of a better movie to start this off with. We let the audience vote on Facebook. So we didn't just pick this because it was the 30th. You guys picked it and it just happens that it's the 30th. And yeah, we have talked about this movie before, but we're going to do it again. Check out the show notes down below. I'll have a playlist ready. So as the other drive-ins come out for Christmas, you can check them all out. I am Joshua Noll. I'm here with the one and only Christian Ashley. The reason you show up for the holidays, because, you know, he's the mm. Christmas guy. I'm the Thanksgiving guy. He's also that one. Actually, he's the Halloween guy, Pang's the Christmas one, and I'm the Thanksgiving one. No, I'm like a, a hybrid of Halloween and Christmas is my oh, favorite. Oh, okay. You're a hybrid of Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. Which is why you're here, and I'm here... You know, I wasn't even going to do any of the Christmas drive-ins, but then our audience voted in a Thanksgiving movie. So here I am to talk about a Thanksgiving movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, that started off as me trolling, and the longer it goes, the longer it goes, the longer I think I've convinced myself. Like, I think it's just true now. And I'm going to provide reasons later in the episode why this is actually a Thanksgiving film. Um, But first, we're going to do a little bit of shop right here. Um, Originally, the first film that we were going to do for the series, it was going to be The Grinch with Elizabeth Pengling and Clyde and TJ Blackwell discussing it. They recorded that already, but they did the wrong movie. They thought it was classics and not cartoons. So they went with Jim Carrey's. And since <laughs> the theme is animated Christmas movies, <laughs> that didn't quite work. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to put that episode they recorded up. Only on Patreon and Captivate in Apple Podcasts. So you can, if you subscribe, you get access to it. Or if you're on Patreon, you can donate one time $3 and you'll be able to hear that drive-in special of Jim Carrey's The Grinch that has nothing to do with our animated drive-ins. <laughs> so with that, let's jump in. Let's talk about The Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Halloween Christmas. I'm, I'm excited for this one. This is a fun one. We always start with a with I think this is really just a fun question. Christian, if we went to the drive-in together, you and I, we drove up, we parked our car, we watched a film, and that film on the screen was the nightmare before Christmas. When it ended, what are you looking over to me and saying at the end of seeing Nightmare Before Christmas at a drive-in? I'm probably just gonna say how charmed I am by this film and how it explores its characters well. It gives this sense of you know, finding that new thing that comes into your life and you becoming obsessed with it all, uh, like Jack does with, you know, learning about Christmas after, you know, just getting to this point of, oh, I'm just at the best at where I'm at in this field. But what this new thing, I know nothing about it. So I become like getting to that and seeing all the other characters interact there. Man, I, that's just how charming this film is. It's probably what I would say. So so the way this scene plays out is simultaneously. 
The movie ends. We look at each other in the car. Christian is in a three-piece suit with a <laughs> cup of tea that he's sipping with his pinky out. That was quite charming. <laughs> and I look at him and do a big Jim Carrey smile and go, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> Not even any words. I didn't bust out into song. Because <laughs> wow. I think that for me is the thing is like, there's only two Disney movies that have this problem. The songs are too good. Mm. Even you go to like the minor songs in this one, Jack's Lament, man, total banger. Like all of them are great. Like there isn't a bad song in this. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, you think of Frozen, you think of Let It Go. You think of Moana. It's how far I'll go. You know, like most Disney movies you think of. Boom. There's the song. Bare Necessities. Toy Story. You got a friend in me. Uh, Lion King and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I, all of them. The answer is all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they're so good, um, which is only a problem because it's like I don't. If someone asks me to pick a favorite. It just gives me anxiety. Like I get frustrated. I can't pick a favorite song out of this. That'd be a rough one. Um, yeah. Although it probably is. What's this? What's this? Oh, and Jack's Lament is, is close, though, because he gets that like mm -hmm. opera, like deep, like sadness in it even. And you're like, oh, that's good. Yes. Um, yeah. Now we talked around it. Let's go ahead to it. For those who somehow 30 years later have still not seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. What is this movie about? What's the plot? Break it down for us in the simplest terms. Yeah, sure. This movie takes place in Halloween Town, which seems to be like its own little uh, pocket dimension, essentially, where like the entities around the Halloween holiday all celebrate it. But they only do it once a year. And uh, the big guy in charge of it is Jack Skellington, who is like the king of Halloween, the Pumpkin King. His job is to make sure the next Halloween is even better than the last. And like everyone loves him. They sing in his praises, but he's just lost that fulfillment in his life. It's like we do the same thing over and over again and this is just where it goes like what else is there and as he's moseying around stumbles across wait, wait, like wait. go ahead that, this is where he finds the heartless right and he finds a way to make it even more terrifying because there's real things that will consume your soul we'll get to that later uh, oh, okay. so he ends up stumbling across <laughs> this uh kind of like what is that one thing in magician's nephew the the ponds that connect to different realities but this these are trees with symbols of different holidays on them. And he ends up fascinated by the one with the Christmas tree on it, goes there, finds that, sees this new thing that he just gets super absorbed into, brings it back. And of course, everyone misunderstands completely the spirit of what he's trying to do. The, he ends up crossing <laughs> Santa Claus to be kidnapped by Lock, Shock, and Barrel, who is the kids. Yeah, Sandy Claus is kidnapped by them. Uh, they work for Oogie Boogie, who is this giant, like in a sack kind of. Filled with bugs, bombastic villain. Uh, then Jack becomes Santa Claus himself. But once again, with the he Halloween town shot down by the military. <laughs> Their idea of what counts as like a present or a gift is to scare people. So they give all these gifts away on Halloween and all the kids are running terrorized because, you know, the gifts are trying to attack them or scare them and all these other things. So the military does shoot him down. Which I don't know if that's like a reference to NORAD always tracking Santa. Like, <laughs> maybe the same thing. Like, it, in this world, it's like provably a thing that Santa Claus exists. So it's it's news that uh, an imposter has shown up. <laughs> it comes back, realizes, oh, okay, I've missed the point of what I've been doing. Goes back to save. 
uh, Santa Claus and Sally, who's kind of been like uh, holding a candle for him this whole time, has tried to help him out, has seen a vision of this blowing up, which it literally does in his face. And they managed to stop Oogie Boogie together. And Jack has gained a new appreciation for both Christmas and Halloween in his own way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's pretty dead on. It's a uh, Halloween tries to does tries to do Christmas to give Sandy Claus a break. You know, he's it's, it's been really hard on him doing so much work all the time. <laughs> so yeah. obviously what we need is for Dracula to stuff our gifts with spiders and to make hats out of bats. <laughs> that's I what mean, we uh, needed. Once you know the characters, it's perfectly, perfect logical sense to them. <laughs> Oh, man, it's just so funny. I think one of my favorite scenes, too, because you, you when you're talking about it is when he's trying to explain Christmas to Halloween Town because he went. No one else has seen <laughs> Christmas before in Halloween Town. Yes. And he comes back and he's trying to explain it to him and just no one's getting it. And he doesn't really get it either. So it's the blind leading the <laughs> blind and him trying to explain it to them and them not getting it. And then he says, Sandy Claus. And I go, oh, he has claws. And he's like, oh, OK, this is how I'm going to get him into it. And he just makes it worse with this whole song where he's, yes. like, he's got razor sharp claws and he's gonna kill you all and it's like that's uh okay <laughs> that's what santa claus is sure oh yeah oh man good stuff good stuff so what what is your relationship to this film have you watched it ever since you were a kid have you got into it thanks uh, to a video game um don't <laughs> don't ruin mine yeah, yeah, yeah. um I actually got into this film way later. And the same thing to this uh, supposed video game we'll be talking about in a second. Uh, I got into that way later than other people did. So this was, I was in my 20s when I watched this for the first time. It's just kind of one of those films. When I was a kid, I saw like the old commercials for it. But I, I don't know about that, man. I ain't going to be involved with it. And as an adult, I was like, okay, I never watched it. People who say this is really great. Let me do it. Blown away. Loved it. I watched it again last night. Uh, just to refresh my memory and had a grand old time. I love this movie and I'll save that part of it. The other part, the video game part for you for right now. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, this movie came out when I was one years old, one year old. Yeah. Yeah. I was one when this, when this was released, I hadn't seen it till I was in my teens. The, my first experience with it, I have played through the story of it several times in kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Yes. Where in the first game, rather than him going to Christmas town, he discovers Heartless and they try to make Heartless into puppets so that they can use these monsters to make Halloween scarier, which, of course, backfires because that's that's just how it do. Yeah. Um, and I love that world visiting Halloween town in Kingdom Hearts, especially even not even knowing what it was for me, just going the music in the game, the way everything felt, the way the characters like it, it's its own world. Like it feels somehow just as large as like Star Wars or something. It's like this whole universe. And then later when I watch the film, I'm like, yeah, this is it. The game got it dead on. And how the hell did they make a whole universe exist and like build it up in 70 minutes? Like this isn't a long movie, but man, this it feels like a well-built out huge world. Yes, man. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I think it's incredible personally. Um, not, I, I wouldn't say one of my favorites, but I do think it's a really incredible movie. Um, yeah. So I got into it because of Kingdom Hearts. It's just not shouldn't be a shocker to anyone. The only reason it might be a shocker <laughs> is because, you know, I am a huge Disney like animated features, but remember, for most of my life, until 2006, this did not have the Disney label on it and was not considered a Disney animated feature. Mm -hmm. So that is why I didn't care that much. And I wasn't allowed to watch it. So that probably was part of it, too. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we can get to what, what you love most and what we don't love about the movie, maybe. 
after a brief message from it. No, I'm just kidding. After we do our ratings, <laughs> zero to 10, um, I want to remind everybody when I rate, I'm not doing zero is the word like zero is zero good and 10 is not perfect for me. Like I'm not doing it. It can be it doesn't have to be perfect to get a 10 and it can be perfect and not get a 10. For example, I don't think there's anything wrong in this movie at all. Like I can't think of a single flaw. It might actually be perfect. I'm giving it an eight. OK, because if I'm rating it in my mind, I'm comparing it to other holiday features. I'm comparing it to other Disney movies. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not the best for me, but it is really good. There are just a lot of other Christmas movies I prefer. There's a lot of other Halloween movies I prefer. There's other Thanksgiving movies I prefer. There's definitely other Disney movies I prefer. And I'm just like, yeah, it's great. It is excellent. Not my favorite. What about you? Well, I have no issue whatsoever with having like a lot of tens, a lot of nines, a lot of eights, so on and so forth. Just uh, there's probably a lot of zeros and ones, and there's definitely at least two negative ones. There might be a third, <laughs> depending on if we do that whole church episode. Yeah, uh, just a heightened <laughs> tension there. I may add that to my negative one list and just be oh, vague about man. it for now. Um, this is a nine for me. It's a solid movie. Like, I don't have too many major gripes against it. Like, the characters are wonderful. The songs are incredible. And I'm not like a music guy to begin with, but like I can appreciate a song listening to it. I'm just not going to obsess over it like other people. Uh, like I love the world building they have here. Uh, there's so much possibility of other stuff that can happen. Of course, there's the nostalgia factor. You know, I watched this around the time I started playing Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, I mean, Kingdom Hearts and then got into Kingdom Hearts 2 as well. And I just love this film. It's so much fun. Yeah, I definitely I rewatched it yesterday and I also I'm already trying to platinum all the games. So I had already started Kingdom Hearts 2 and I stayed up pretty late making sure I got through at least the first round of Nightmare Before Christmas in Kingdom Hearts 2. For those See, who don't know, I, you go through like each world twice in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, I was going to stay there until the data fight started kicking my butt and I started Birth by Sleep again. And I remember just how bad the ice cream making game is and you have to get Fantastics on all of those. And I don't hate myself that much. So I stopped trying to platinum all the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. I, especially Kingdom Hearts 1 has some stuff that's just not fair to do. But this isn't our oh, Kingdom Hearts gosh. episode. That is yeah, coming yeah. up soon. We have we have a few Kingdom Hearts episodes. I think we have on our list, but one's coming up really soon. Mm -hmm. um, but then I have a question for you about later. Um, anyway, OK. <laughs> <laughs> if you if anyone's listening and they haven't seen the nightmare before christmas please please check it out it's an absolute classic it is incredible um when i'm talking about like the animation i can't do everything i usually do for a regular disney episode because that would just take us too long but i do want to throw out there the animation for this film is absolutely incredible um part of why i don't consider it a renaissance film is because the animation style is different and also because the rest of the renaissance era disney films again check out our disney eras episode if you want to know what i'm talking about but if we're talking about like Disney eras, if you know, you know, um, all the rest of the Renaissance films are about exploring other real places, you know, going to the Middle East, going to Africa, going to all these other places. This film is not that. So that's the other reason I would have been there. And also when it was released, it wasn't released as a Disney animated film. So even mm -hmm. though it is considered one now, I wouldn't put it in that canon of Renaissance film. I think that's, that's fair. fair. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense all right. to me. Cool. If you don't know, the Renaissance era is like from Little Mermaid all the way through Tarzan. All of those films in the 90s are what make up Disney's Renaissance. Please check out our episode. I'll, I'll put a link to that down below so people can see the Disney era series that we've done. Um, But yeah, the animation, this is often referred to as the first time stop animation was ever done correctly. And 
I don't have a problem with calling it that. Like it, it's been done before really well. If you think of like Rudolph, all your classic Christmas movies, it's done and it's done beautifully, but it's never done seamlessly. If you watch Rudolph, you can tell where it's like, stop, stop, stop. Like the way they move and everything in this, you can't tell. Like, unless you're trying, it's hard to tell. Like, it's done so well. The amount of effort that went into the animating this, like, almost claymation style. Like, it's like, wow, that took a lot of time. And it did take a lot of time. If you look into it, it took an incredible amount of time to make this film. Okay, yeah. I'm so glad you clarified your point because I was about to fight. I was about to jump on you. Now, how dare you go after oh, my yeah. classics and, as, you know, Jason and the Argonauts and everything Harryhausen has ever done. <laughs> okay, animation. Yeah. And then you can't tell as much. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the most seamless. The first time it was really seamless. Maybe that's how I should have said that. Yeah. There you go. Um, but for the history of the film, just really quick, this started off as Tim Burton just wrote a poem. He saw, you know, a window shop where they were taking down Halloween stuff, putting Christmas stuff up. So at one point, both things were up there. And he said, I can make that happen. And he wrote a poem. It was back when he worked for Disney the first go around. Um, and they didn't really let him do movies. You know, his first th- thing he ever animated was Fox and the Hound, um, Vixen. Todd's girlfriend. He animated that character. And then they let him do like little short films here and there. But they saw uh, Disney could tell Tim Burton was going to be big, but they couldn't figure out where he fit in Disney. Yes. And I don't think they ever did because they fired him. But (laughs) he wrote this poem while he worked there. So he couldn't make this film without them. So he ends up going back to them after Tim Burton becomes a big name. He did Beetlejuice and all the other stuff. And he's like, I want to do this film. And he tries to buy it from them and they go, no, 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 we want to make it. So Disney wants to make it with Tim Burton. And here's the fun part. So a lot of people claim it's a Christmas movie because it's really about the magic of Christmas. A lot of people claim it's Halloween because it takes place in Halloween Town and it was released on Halloween weekend, 1993. Do you want know when it was originally planned to be released? I want to take a guess. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving weekend, 1993 was when it was supposed to be released. (laughs) So not only does the movie take place between Halloween and Christmas, because it's the end of Halloween's the beginning before Christmas is the end. It was also supposed to be released on Thanksgiving Day. And it's a movie about being thankful for what you have. I I don't think you can make a case that it's not a Thanksgiving movie. I just don't think you can do it. You know, I know Will especially likes to joke about, you know, a systematic geekology drinking game. I'm not advocating for that. If you were to listen to this episode, you would be smashed. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. I mean, the Darkwing only thing that hasn't been mentioned is Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> and Thanksgiving. Well, I'm sorry to all wish. of you out there. Just stay I think safe. a better ending, instead of having the military shoot him down, they could have called in the terror that flaps the in the flaps night. The night. Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Come and stop. Let's go. You know what? This I'm all for that crossover episode. <laughs> Please vote for what if Darkwing Duck stopped Jack oh. Skellington. <laughs> oh, man. So other stuff You're adding that to the list as we speak. I, I, can see I am. I am. Um, whenever we're talking about this film, everybody knows it's a Tim Burton film. He wrote the poem. He had a lot of storytelling. Henry Selick was the director and gets almost no credit and even makes jokes sometimes yes. about how upset he is that he gets no credit for this. <laughs> Um, the screenwriter was Carolyn Thompson. So all three of these really had a major impact on the story itself. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. So we're not only giving Tim Burton credit because yes. these other creators did did phenomenal stuff here. They really made it work. But also, the, did you know the only time supposedly one of the only times Tim Burton ever got aggravated was at this film? And do you know why? Why is that? At one point, someone suggested instead of Oogie Boogie being bugs when they unmasked him. <laughs> It was going to be the doctor. 
It was going to be Finkelstein? Yeah. And he got so bad at that idea. He thought that was so stupid. And mind you, Tim Burton's notoriously like a meek, soft-spoken person. He punched a hole in the wall. And it was so phenomenal to people that Tim Burton got that upset that they took the wall out. And supposedly there's a framed piece of wall with a hole punched in it from Tim Burton. (laughs) And I love that. Oh, man. I, I agree with him. I don't think you should have gotten that matter, yeah, but I agree. Dumb. I don't think it would have made that much sense. the whole movie for that to make sense. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Also, All-Star. I mean, you get like Danny Elfman, like some of the actors and people who did part of this. Incredible. Um, Patrick Stewart was originally narrating the beginning and end. And if you get the soundtrack, you can hear Patrick Stewart narrating, which would have been better. They should have kept that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I just found that out today as I was yeah, doing research for this. What? <laughs> I just found that out and I had to go back to the soundtrack and there's two different versions and in the soundtrack, something that doesn't happen in the movie that I really wish did um, at the end, they have where Santa Claus comes back to visit Jack Skellington years later, Jack and Sally have kids. That's weird to me. Um, but also it. Santa Claus asks him, he, he says, do you remember all those years ago when the moon was so large and the night was blacker than before? how the kids almost didn't have Christmas. And knowing what you know now, Jack, if you were to go back, would you do it all again? And Jack smiles with a grin, and it's like a poem, so it all rhymes. And he he looks at Santa Claus and goes, wouldn't you? (laughs) And I love that. Like, like, why wasn't that in the movie? That's That's so good. (laughs) Yeah, so... It fits his character perfectly well. Like, obviously, he, he has learned his lesson, but he learned his lesson because of the events of the film. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I want to get to. So the message of the film really quick, because, you know, we got to wrap this up because this is a drive in, not a regular episode. But the yeah, message yeah. of the film is about being thankful for what you have. Right. Like Jack was kind of feeling mundane, doing the same thing over and over. And he wanted something new, which I think it's good to want new things. Mm-hmm. But he tries to use like science and stuff to try to make himself into Santa Claus, try to be someone else rather than just being who he is. So I think the message is kind of being true to yourself and also being thankful for what you have. I think really is the message. Like, I'm not just trying to do the Thanksgiving thing. I really do think that's part of what the film's getting at here. But you do bring up that point. And I think that's why I really like that ending is I don't think he could have ever reached that without the mistake. Like, I'm not advocating for people to sin so that righteousness may abound. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, for those who got that reference, you're welcome. For those who didn't read your Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean, what, what do you think, Christian? Like, are there times that you look back that you're thankful for your life because you made these mistakes? And if Santa Claus were to come to you and ask, if you did it again, would you do it all the same? And that's a, it's a classic question. That what if it's like if someone said, hey, I'm going to drop you back with everything, all of your memory, 10 years, 15 years in the past. Yeah. Would you change things? And I think, well, I guess to, like things would inevitably change because I know things are different, so I would act differently. But like, would I actively attempt to change things? I think my answer is no, because I know what it did to make me into who I am today. Like, I needed those periods of my life where I wasn't the best friend. I need those periods of my life where I wasn't the best son or when I was wrestling with depression. Because now yeah. that I've done that, it can help me empathize better with people who are struggling with that right now. It's like, I'm not here to solve your problems because I can't do that, but I can help. I can be there and at least say, Hey, this is what I did when I was struggling with it. You don't have to do the same thing I did, but I can help at least be there with you in this moment that I not to say I would be like, Hey, I hate you because you're going through this. If I'd never (laughs) gone through that, 
but it's a lot easier since I have when yeah. I made those mistakes or when I was having those periods of doubt and depression and anxiety that I can do now that I couldn't do if I never experienced them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go back to my reference and absolutely like I, I'm, I would not say it. I would not make a mistake just so that I could learn, you know, <laughs> like I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> if I can learn from someone else's mistake, I'm not making the mistake myself. You know what I mean? Like if Christian were to come to me and be like, man, Josh, 2016, July 15th, I was sitting right there and a car hit me. You know what? I'm not doing a July 15th, 20th. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting in my car right there. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. Even if Christian had just like foreseen it somehow in a vision, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not taking my chance. I'm not parking there today. Um, for those who don't know, that is my car accident. You know, that's my experience. Yes. But, I, but if I were to put myself back, like truly put myself back, man, that's hard because emotionally, like spiritually, no, I don't want to go through that crap again. That sucked. <laughs> but I, I know who I am today is because of that. So, you know, I wouldn't smile at Patrick Stewart, Santa Claus and go, wouldn't you? But I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'm just glad I don't have the option, man. <laughs> yeah. Also, Patrick Stewart, Santa Claus, make it happen. Star Trek. But <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't voice Santa in this. Film. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but. That's like he's narrating for Santa Claus. So yes, in yes. my mind, it's Patrick Stewart Santa. And that makes me happy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is just a random fun fact. At, at the end where they're cooking around a pumpkin, like a soccer ball, they were going to make that Tim Burton's head because <laughs> they thought that would just be funny. Um, the false news, a lot of people had the myth spread that uh, Disney wouldn't let them. It's really just that the animators were afraid that Tim Burton wouldn't like it. And later they're like, you know, actually, he probably would have found that funny. We probably could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway my last thought i want to get your take on a lot of current disney they kind of do this thing of if you put your mind to it you put your heart to it you can make it happen you know like like they went from true love being the answer to family being the answer to nowadays a lot of disney is like you let it go it's in you if you're just yourself then everything will work out the way you want it to you know and, and to an extent you have this message of being true to yourself in this film but also they make it clear that jack simply could not do christmas no matter how much he believed himself, no matter how much magic or heart or mind he put into it, Jack was not going to be able to do Christmas. I think that's yeah. an important lesson. Um, I, and, and that's just where I want to get your take, because I'm like, as someone who struggles with ADHD and stuff, I think sometimes that message, if I can do anything, is almost harmful. Like mm -hmm. telling myself that I can definitely sit there and watch all three extended cut Lord of the Rings. That's just lying to myself, man. Yeah. <laughs> In one sitting? Yeah, like I'm going to do. I am going to watch all of them like that. I do because I love them. Not in yes. one sitting, though. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's important when it comes to this film. Like, yeah, it's not a stay in your lane message. It's hey, be appreciative of where you're at and know that even in that position, you're going to have flaws like Jack's huge flaw right now is he's not satisfied with where he's at. So he goes elsewhere and he tries to become Sandy Claus and fails utterly. And uh, failure is a part of life. You need to learn that just because I really want to do something doesn't guarantee success. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, all the you know, different resumes I send out or the people that I know. Like, sometimes they're going to just say no, and I'm not going to get where I want to be. So what do I do in that situation? Hmm. Yeah. Like, right now, I'm playing this game called Kingdom Hearts 2, and I'm on the Lion King level. Sora <laughs> <laughs> wants to be king. It turns out he just can't. It has, it's got to be Simba. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I'm wrong. sorry, Will. I am sorry if you're playing the game today. Oh. 
<laughs> yes, that's but, what Will's doing yeah. right now. He's playing Kingdom Hearts 2. He's no, getting great this drinking game. <laughs> uh, but uh, the yeah, no, um, I really do think it's a harmful message that if you just believe in yourself, you can make it happen. And I'm, I like how they portray it here where it's it's learn to be who you are, not mm-hmm. who you are can do anything. Um, and, you know, I'm saying that from someone who's experienced this, where I want to believe that just like everybody else, I can turn in homework on time and I can do this on time and I don't need special things for my classes. And, you know, I've learned if I don't get my medicine, if I don't do all that and I try to be like, oh, I can be like everybody else, I'm going to fail, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that just because, you know, I have ADHD, I, I hyper focus. So there are some things I do better than other people and that they could not do what I do. But that's the thing is just kind of recognizing your own limitations is far healthier and allows you to do a lot more than believing I can do anything if I just put my mind to it. That's just not true. And this is coming from two Spider-Man fans where in the Marvel <laughs> world, willpower itself is somehow better than most superpower. <laughs> like, yes, we still come to this place of, yeah, willpower is important. I think it can do a lot. It can't do everything. We all have our own limitations. We need to be thankful for where we're at. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, it's not even like the film condemns Jack for wanting to do something different. Yeah. Because true. without him doing that, he doesn't appreciate Sally the same way he would at the end of the film. She'd still be some girl that he knows in a town. Maybe they'd be friendly, but not in the way that they need for the relationship to progress because he's just not yeah. there mentally. Like Boogie Boogie wouldn't have been dealt with. If these events hadn't happened, and I think we're all agreed they're better off without him around to cause discord. Yeah, nobody needs a sack of bugs. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was so happy to see those gone and crushed underneath uh, Sandy Claus's foot. That was Donald Duck. What are you talking about? Uh, and Donald, of course. <laughs> I really have just turned this to a Kingdom Hearts episode. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, no, I, yeah, no, I agree. Without the failure, we don't get where we need to be with everybody. Jack doesn't fully become himself until he has failed and has learned from that. And I think one of the most beautiful scenes in any animated movie, actually, maybe this is the most beautiful scene in an animated film. At me, challenge me, we'll discuss it. But man, when Jack gets shot down by the military and he lands in the arms of an angel, sitting there in a cemetery, realizing what he has to do is be true to himself and let others be true to themselves and empower and enable others who are meant to do Christmas. And it's like, oh, man, that's um, well, sitting there in the arms of the angel, Jack Skeleton. What a beautiful scene. That's my favorite scene. If we were doing favorite song scene stuff like we do other Disney's, that would be my favorite scene. I'm not going to do the others because we don't have time. But Christian, before we wrap up, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Do you have one? I mean, obviously, there's that iconic uh, money shot of jack on the hill with the moon in the background but honestly i prefer the end when it's him and sally together and there's no longer that doubt in their mind like they're both of them together singing about their relationship and you see kind of not in the same frame saying the same way but it's done extremely well that's probably mine yeah also one of the best love stories just point blank one of the best love stories in modern film maybe since like the 90s i'm gonna move on now we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. This We could talk about this film forever. If you guys want to hear us do more or to do an episode more like um, our other Disney features that we've done, let us know. We'll put it on the list. We'll review Nightmare Before Christmas for a third time and do a more full review. But for now, when we wrap this up, one thing we're doing for all of our drive-ins this time, we're asking, what is the most memorable gift you've received for Christmas before, Christian? Because I don't think I even have an answer to this. I don't know. <laughs> it's so rough. There's so many answers I could give um, just from, you know, even just money sometimes has been a memorable gift because I've just needed it that much around Christmas. But I think one of the things when I think of Christmas, I think of South Carolina, 
uh, when I'm at my grandparents' place and I got a Godzilla figurine, like a Ooh. big that toy that to this day is here in this house. Now the fingers and claws have been bit off because my sister, when she was younger, she just chewed on toys, but like Godzilla's still there. He's still <laughs> my friend. He's still my menace, you know, watching over me with his atomic breath. So I think to answer this question, that Christmas, I was about six or seven ish getting Godzilla. I, I did think of mine and it's not going to surprise anyone at all. Um, I, I was going to think it had to be like one of the big PlayStation, one of the big gifts. And it actually isn't a big gift, but Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD Remix Limited Edition with original art. It comes in like a little booklet of like the the original like drawings and sketches of all the characters that I have. I still sometimes I don't like I don't play the PS3 version of the game anymore, but sometimes I'll still just take that out and just flip through some of the sketches because I'm like, man, this is just beautiful. And just something about the whole franchise always touches my heart. Not surprised to anybody, but I'm like, oh, man. So that was that was truly a great gift. So I'm going to go with that one for me. Excellent. And with that, uh, keep tuning in if you want to hear our other hosts answer the same question. Remember, you can go to Patreon to hear the Jim Carrey's Grinch drive in that got done. If you're still uh, sober enough to hear all this at the end of this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Remember to rate and review our show on Podchaser, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our show notes below. Again, I'm going to have a playlist down there, a link to the rest of the drive in Christmas series as we release them. And do us one big important favor. And remember, we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.